Well, what's up, everyone? This is your guy, Trevor Howard with uh, Banditland Boulevard. And across from me, my guy, Tony LaMonica, a.k.a. Boxhead 98 tl We are on top of the world because the Buffalo Bandits are 13-1. and They just went into Philly, beat them 17-12. to And now they're going to be playing against Colorado tonight. So this is going to be a very, very unique style of the podcast today because we are doing a game recap of the Bandits' 17-12 victory over the Philadelphia Wings from the Wells Fargo Center, as well as a Buffalo Bandits versus Colorado Mammoth Week 18 game preview. Tony, you were at the game in Philly to, to lead things off right out, of the, right out of the gate. How was the experience there? Did you get stuff thrown at you from the Philadelphia fans? Just how was it? Well, basically, it was all words of discouragement, basically, from some of the fans. Most most of them were actually kind of nice and they were doing their thing. But again, they were like, Oh, welcome to Wells Fargo. Welcome to Philadelphia. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm going to get hackled here. So sure enough, every time the bandits were scoring goals, um, basically it was uh, telling me to sit down, stop cheering for my team and everything else. But again, I just didn't care because I was supporting my boys in the orange and black at that day. I wouldn't care either. Like if I'm a giants fan, I'm going into Philly wearing all my New York giants stuff. Like that's, that's the way it is. I, I don't really care. Philadelphia, it, it seems like all their fans are just all bark, no bite, anything. But uh, you know what? I honestly think that the Bandits right now putting up 17 goals in that game, 17 goals against Philadelphia the game before, I like. I really don't have any problem with the way they go out there and play and win games because every single time they go out there, it doesn't matter the record of the opposing team. It just seems like they know how to score routine 15 goals or higher. It seems like against any team this year, and they did it against the Philadelphia Wings twice. Yeah, once 17 to 5 back at the KeyBank Center, and now just uh, uh, Thursday night, they did it 17 12 again. A um, little bit of a difference maker. I know a lot of people are going to ask me about the, you know, the change in net and see what's going on um, with having Doug going in net after seven goals allowed by Vince. But again, maybe just for safety reasons, not to, you know, going after the next two days traveling and going to Colorado from Philly to Colorado and then coming flying home and then getting the much rest they needed. Um, but again, the bandits are showing uh, conditioning and staying healthy as possible. And again, a few more other players stepped up in the lineup uh, this game on past Thursday. I was going to say, I think the game was pretty much out of touch at that point, or at least Johnny T thought the game was put out of touch for the reason why they took Matt Vince out of the game to put it in Bucking. And right. I think that was just the reason why I know a lot of people on Facebook were, were wondering everything. A lot of people on Twitter as well saying, where did Matt Vince go? Did he get hurt? I can assure you that he did not get hurt. He was just pulled just for the health and safety of him. And he was never, uh, you know, he wasn't never intended. If, if it was a two goal game, he, they would have mm -hmm. kept him in the game. He never got injured. It was just the fact that the bandits were beating them by at least six or seven goals at that time. Give your backup some reps. And because uh, the game is pretty much put out of touch. Uh, we can go right into the negatives and positives of this one. Similar to the last time they played the Philadelphia wings. There are really no negatives that I think of other than, Max Adler struggling a little bit in that face-off circle, but you have to know who he's going up against. He was going up against Trevor Baptiste. Of course, the numbers are going to be a little bit lopsided. And uh, if I look, if I'm looking at this correctly, it looks like uh, Max Adler only won nine out of 32 
face-off attempts? Uh, actually, the stat is eight of 29 because other people were taking face-offs as well uh, for the remaining uh, three. Ian McKay had one of two, and then I believe Jordan Storos lost his only face-off. They put him out there for the shorthanded spot. But other than that, Adler went eight of 29. Trevor, on the other hand, on the opposite side, went 23 of 32. That's and again, the face-offs are very key uh, to these games to have control of the gameplay. So again, Adler was tested, and he won basically 30% of his face-offs. So again, we've always only asked him to do 30 to 40 per time. So he's doing his part, even though it didn't look promising in the beginning. But again, our offense did what they do best, and that score goals and obviously took Higgins out, put Goodleaf in, then they put Higgins back in because right. Goodleaf was not doing his part. So, and again, it's all because of their defense. Their defense was getting slaughtered left and right by our guys. And you know what? I also think that faceoffs are important, but when you have such a stacked offense like the Bandits, you, it, you can kind of put it in the rearview mirror. It's, it's kind of almost secondary at that point. Another right. very minor negative that I saw, how about, you know, the Bandits not staying out of the penalty box? Like, we've, we've been saying that a lot, but, I mean, Philadelphia went two for four on the power play. Uh, yep. Bandits went 0 for 1. You mm-hmm. got to be able to stay disciplined, but it really didn't matter in this case because the Bandits still won by five goals. It's it's kind of a minor negative, but we've just been saying over and over again on this show just to stay out of the box. Yeah, especially taking uh, Ethan O'Connor's five-minute major for high sticking. I mean, again, that's just like you're already up by like six or seven goals. There's no need for it, so stay calm, play the game, and just don't do anything that foolish. But other than that, like you said, like we – maintain control and discipline throughout the entire rest of the game. And we just do what we do best winning by maybe five or six goals per game. And now we can jump into the positives. The number one is obviously the fact that the Buffalo bandits are 13 and one. This is something that we haven't seen in such a long time since the undefeated, you know, season, uh, you know, very similar success to the 1993 season for the Bandits. But this is something that we haven't seen in this millennium, and it's it's very exciting to see. We thought that this team was stacked in 2019. Look at where they are now. Look at what they're doing now. This team is absolutely loaded, and they're, they're consistently scoring over 15 goals per game. doesn't matter who they're facing against because they're so stacked. 13-1, and one. that's the number one positive I took out of this game. Yeah, especially with winning – crucial games that will lock you into the uh, into the playoffs and also winning the top seed now in the East Division. There's no chance for any team to come and surpass you. You have all the control in the playoffs. Now, makes questions about who do you want to play for the duration of the last few games we got left. I mean, obviously tonight we got Colorado. Um, then the following Saturday we got New York. Then away for Georgia and the final game against Toronto. So again, we want to make sure that people are getting their playing time and also uh, staying healthy before going into the month of May for the playoffs to begin. So it's all on Johnny T. He's He knows what he's doing. We trust the process. And so far, 13 out of 14, guys, that itself says it all. Right on. And I found out after the game that the Bandits haven't quite locked up the number one spot in the East yet. There is a minuscule, minuscule, minuscule chance 
that Toronto can still win it if they win out and Buffalo loses out. Buffalo has already clinched a home playoff game. They've already clinched a playoff spot, but they haven't quite clinched that East division yet. So with a win here tonight, essentially, that puts them over the top. They need to at least win one more game to clinch that spot. And Toronto, there's zero room for error. They need to win every single game while Buffalo needs to lose every single game. So virtually they have it locked up, but they just haven't done it quite yet. Let's get into another positive. How about, uh, we haven't said enough good things, but Matt Vince was great. Kyle freaking Buchanan and Chase Frazier. What a performance they had in the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, could you believe it? That this whole depth is just too damn good. And the way that Kyle and Chase brought it to the table, unbelievable. They found the open net when they needed to on the one-timers. They made crazy sick goals like Chase Frazier's behind the back and beating Goodleaf. It was just, everything was falling into place. It was such a great game to go watch. And especially how the chemistry of this offense is, no matter who's on the floor, everyone's on, on the page, same page with each other. And it's just an amazing sight to see that your team is doing so good and no matter how good your team does the opposing fans will always bark but you know what it's okay because it all matters on the scoreboard and that's exactly what we did chase frazier obviously ended up with four goals one assist um just four goals one shorthanded and kyle ended up with five points with a hattie and two apples and what does that tell you that this depth is so good at what they do and can we also show our appreciation to number 83, Frankie freaking Brown, getting yeah, out there for his back. for his first start in a Bandits uniform this year and scoring a goal from downtown on a breakaway, going top shelf for Mama High's Cookies in honor of <laughs> RJ for his for his uh his RJ night last night. That was fantastic. But Frankie Brown going top shelf. Amazing. You, you love to see Frank Brown get back out there and especially have him get back out on the score sheet. A defenseman scoring a breakaway goal really doesn't happen too much in the NLL. That's right, because the moment that he made a nice pick and he just speed ran right down to the field and just said, I'm going to just take it myself, kind of like how Ethan O'Connor did the same way coming back into the fourth quarter. But Frank Brown finally getting the start that he needed after his long-term injury and then um, just scoring that much-needed goal to get his confidence back up. And boy, oh boy, that was a huge goal to have for number 83 out there on the field. It was absolutely great. And then, like you said, the final positive I took out of this game, other than the score sheet alone and other than us scoring 17 goals, but the secondary scoring. You mentioned uh, Ethan O'Connor and, you know, obviously Frank Brown, but you get some of these secondary guys that are making key assists as well. We saw a lot of tic-tac-toe goals from the Bandits. That were just that totally got the goalies out of place. They had to sub their goalie twice, um, which you really don't see in the NLL a lot. They usually sub their goalie once and then they just leave him in the rest of the game. Yep. Angus Goodleaf was all over the place. He he just did not look steady at all. Same with Higgins. It was kind of a same old song and dance from when they faced against Buffalo uh, in the KeyBank Center. So definitely a huge positive, a big win. They're thirteen and one, and they obviously go into Colorado tonight. Um, and take on the mammoth. But right now I just want to go over some, go over the three stars of this game. Obviously star number three was in favor of the Buffalo bandits getting 48 minutes and 17 seconds of, of field time made 35 saves, obviously Matt Vince before they pulled him out to put it in buck and get him some reps. It's going to be interesting to see what Matt Vince does tonight. If he gets the nod and gets, 
gets in the game. We'll see what happens there. Kyle, Bu- Kyle Buchanan, star number two, three goals, two assists, five points. Very nice night from him. And Chase Frazier, four goals, zero assists, but he got four points, a shorthanded goal, and technically, by looking at the score sheet, he got the game-winning goal for the Buffalo Bandits. So, obviously, great three stars of the game. Um, if you want to look into more statistical stuff, Chase Frazier and Blaze Reardon led their respective teams in goals. Chase got four, and Blaze got three. Dane Smith with five assists. You'll love to see that to Kevin Crowley's four. Uh, Matt Vince made 35 saves to Zach Higgins' 19 saves. Steve Priolo had 11 loose balls, while Trevor Baptiste had 13. And Jordan Storos and uh, and Blake Gibson McDonald each caused three turnovers for their respective teams. So, with that said, I went over the three stars of the game. Tony, you're usually the guy with the belt, but you are you are uh, T-Mobile again, so yeah, you don't you, you don't have the belt on you. But who is your player of the game against the Philadelphia Wings? Well, I mean, the player of the game that I would choose is like, like you said, it's not one of the, um, the sh- like kind of like the stars of the game or so. I mean, it's how it's all set up and how it's played out. So I got to give my pick to Frank Brown and because of how he comes back, he, you know, listens to the game plan of Johnny Tavares. He does his part, plays smart, defensively and he gets his first goal back in the national lacrosse league after a long period of time waiting for his injury to heal. So again, I'm going to give it to Frank Brown because of his patience and his perseverance to get back on the field. I like that one. I I definitely respect it, but just to be fun, I definitely agree with you, but I'm going to switch mine. I'm going to say that my player of the game is Kyle Buchanan. Like we saw a few breakout games from him this year. This was the ultimate like stick it to him kind of game. This is the Kyle Buchanan that we knew would would play exactly that way in Bandit Land. I wouldn't change the thing. So Kyle Buchanan's mine, Frankie Brown's yours, and I can't wait to see Frank Brown continue his career with the Bandits going into this postseason. That's going to be great if he can stay healthy. Because he's that big right. defenseman body on the field that really that gets super physical. You put him and Sweeting together or him and Robbie together, it's, I mean, it it, it can be over for the other team. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. Um, and there's your pretty much your postgame recap. A lot of positives, so many positives to discuss when you're 13-1. and one. Let's get into the preview of this Colorado Mammoth and Buffalo Bandits. I almost said Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo Bandits game live from the Pepsi Center in Colorado. Yeah, before we do talk about the pregame about that, um, I got a big shout-out to some of the head of the Wings Fans Club, uh, Biggie and Chopper, um, class act guys who have been really nice – uh, even though they, they're playful and they had their words about how the bandits are, but afterwards when the game is said and done, they were awesome gentlemen. They are, they, you know, they were very nice. They were very professional. Just wanted to say to you guys, thank you for uh, not making it too hostile for us uh, coming down there, but also being gracious um, afterwards and talking through with how, you know, you guys said, you know what, you guys have the team locked. You should be winning the championship this year. So, guys, again, I want to just say uh, thank you very much to Biggie and Chopper for the words of wisdom to this Buffalo Bandits team. They say we have a great team, and they and hands down should win the title this year. So, that's for you guys. Thank you. And Chopper is an absolute beauty, too. I saw him on ESPN Plus a lot. You know, just the, the, the camera would always pan to him, and he's either waving to the Bandit fans or he's smacking the glass. He's hyping the, hyping the crowd up. Now, you, you want fans like that in the NLL because we have a whole bunch here, including you, Tony. We have a whole bunch 
of bandit fanatics that dress up for the games that hype up the crowd. It's, sure. it's nice to see that for other teams as well. See how far that this game has grown, especially for other fan bases. And Philadelphia has always been that historic city for indoor lacrosse. And it's, it's always great to see them come back after they kind of folded and then they came back with an expansion team a few years ago. So it's always great to see that such a historic city as far as indoor lacrosse goes. So yeah, Chopper's an absolute beauty and obviously good words too. Like you lost the game to the bandits, but at the same time you walk up to the fan and you say, yeah, you guys should be able to win it all this year. You're 13 and one, you stomped us twice, you know, that's it. But yeah, definitely big props to those guys. The Bandits, however, at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, at 7 p.m. Mountain time, for those in Colorado that may be listening to this. Right. The Bandits are traveling once again. So they go from Philly to Colorado in two days. Mm-hmm. 9 o'clock Eastern time, they take on the Mammoth in the in the Pepsi Center in Denver. And it's, it's, it's going to be a – I think it's going to be a crazy one. I think it's going to be back and forth, and we can definitely get in-depth on this, um, mm-hmm. you know, on this recap slash – pregame slash whatever we want to do type podcast. So sure. I, if, if I'm being completely honest, I think this is one of the, uh, one of the thorns out in the West that's been a part of the bandit side for so long. I mean, they are, they have that strong fan base out in the West. They came in in 2006 into the key bank center, that championship game. And I believe they won 16 to seven against us. And ever since then, it kind of feels like there's just been bad blood between the two teams. So what can you expect out of this game between the bandits and the mammoth? Well, personally, I mean, with the way they had the goalie change last night, I don't know, maybe Doug might get the nod and we might see him play a full game or depending on how they pulled out Vince, just so we could get the rest he needed because but then after that, he, we could, they could fly out, they could get their uh, their practice that they need, uh, get their warm-ups that they need to get done, and then maybe put Van, uh, Matt Vance back in net. I don't know. That's up to Johnny T in tonight and his decision. Or we'll see it um, on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that that they always post and let us know who's going to be starting. So, again, if this was a sign to see Doug Bucket go and play out and uh, have a starting day for the game, I mean – We'll see. I mean, it all depends on Johnny T. But also, this is a game not to be like taken lightly either because they have a lot of good players on that squad that can do the same kind of damage as the Buffalo Bandits. I Like I said before, and I'll say it again, and I sound like a broken record, but never take any team in the National Lacrosse League lightly because they can put up a fight at any given time. Any given Saturday, right? In football, yeah. it's any given Sunday. This is any given yeah. Saturday or, in some cases, any given Thursday, which is kind of weird. Any given Friday occasionally. But the point is, don't take any team lightly, and that's what we've been driving into your heads this this entire show. So, with that said, I believe that we, I believe we have to get into our key players to watch, and then we always start with the with the opposition. Let's start with some of the Colorado Mammoth players that could, you know, that cannot be overlooked going into this one. Um, just looking right off the bat, you know, I, I would have to go with Jordan Gillies, a, a defenseman that I, that used to play with Rochester, very physical. We know his style and, uh, he, he does a great job jumping in front of the net, blocking shots, getting physical. I believe, uh, Steve Priolo's had a couple bouts with him from his days in Rochester. So he's very physical. He knows how to fight. He knows how to block shots. Defense wins championships. Definitely look at a guy like Gillies, uh, in tonight's game, just to a step it up. 
those go-to guys that they're going to need to figure out how to slow down the Buffalo Bandits offense. But again, he has to make sure that they have a set game plan to lock us out at any position possible, not giving us any chances, not making us shoot from all angles as much as possible to like be our shadow. But again, the Bandits have a plan and they have some way of beating the best in the game. It's going to be a back and forth kind of type of game. And it's going to be who's going to be the better defensively and goaltending. And obviously in the end, who will have the more goals than the other. So it's going to be a close one, I feel. And with your notes in front of you, do you have any key maybe forwards, defensemen to look at for the Colorado Mammoth that you want to keep an eye on? Well, surprisingly, I don't have it written down on these notes, but I can already tell you right now, and I'm going to say this name. He's their point go-getter. He is, I believe, third overall right now on the scoring list, and that's Ryan Lee. Yeah. Lee has been their leader in the points go-getter since the get-go, and if the Buffalo defense is going to slow him down, again, like I've said, with Gillies being the shadow of our guys, we got to do the same thing to this guy because if he gets an open opportunity, he'll score likely 60, 70% of the time out in the floor. So, again, that's one guy on that roster we need to slow down. Otherwise, it's going to be an open season on our goaltending. And you also can't overlook a guy like Chris Wardle either. I mean, that, his lefty shot, his sidearm is beautiful. You, you can't overlook a guy like that. He's a, he's a tall guy. He's six foot, but he's also 185 pounds of just straight muscle. And uh, he knows how to get on that score sheet. So Chris Wardle, also a key guy to watch going into this one. Um, because similar to teams like Toronto and Halifax, they kind of have that line. That first line is is, mm-hmm. is sort of a punch in your, in your mouth type of line where it's like, stop us. You have to send out your best defenseman to stop us. And I, I see that the Bandits this season have overcome that a lot. So, you know, treat this like any other game, um, but you, you need yep. to lock it down. And that's why I honestly think that Matt Vince gets the nod tonight because there's still that slim chance that – they don't win the East. They don't lock it up. I think they want to lock it up tonight, and I think Vince gets the nod just for that reason alone and and to stop this top line of the Colorado Mammoth. Ed, you can't overlook their defense either because, obviously, their, their defense is filled with tall buildings, big structured guys that go out there and block shots and get super physical. So this is not a team to overlook, similar to every other team that we've covered on this show, uh, but – now I think it's time to cover some Buffalo Bandits key players to watch. And um, I mean, where do you even start? How about this one? How about this one? We're going to watch number 83, Frank Brown, in back-to-back games. What do you say? Well, yeah, Brown needs to, again, prove his point why he is back on the main roster. He needs to play defensively smart like he has yes, uh, on Thursday. And hopefully uh, that trend continues. But he's got to rely on... Uh, knowing where everybody's on the floor, playing it smart, reading those passes, because he picked, like I said, he picked off a couple uh, on Thursday. So again, he needs to keep that trend going and to keep that momentum and that confidence up. Otherwise, he's going to be like the next one's down the list and somebody else on the depth will take over. So if they keep him out there, I mean, he's, he is tall. He's a big, tall guy too, that can push people around. That's something we need. We need the toughness back on defense too, as well, but I'm not degrading who, um, you know, you may be smaller like Jordan Soros or Justin Martin or 
uh, Robinson out there to play. You know, they're taller guys than, like, say, Priolo and uh, Spanger and Sweeting and Brown. But, again, they've shown that it doesn't matter what size you are out on the floor. As long as you play defensive smartly, that's right now Frank Brown is going to prove that again tonight. Yeah, no doubt. I think Frank Brown is definitely one of those players. I mean, Johnny T gave him all those reps against Philadelphia, and I, I mean, he was getting a lot of reps. For his first game back, they didn't really ease him into the system. They gave him all the reps he wanted, which I really enjoy from Johnny T because he definitely has earned those, and I, I know that he's an established player. He just uh, he, he just got plagued with injuries, and that's something that's beyond his control. How about this key player to watch? How about Kyle Buchanan? He's going to stay hot. Kyle Buchanan is a player to watch. Coming off of a game just two nights ago, who was lighting up the score sheet, look at him again. He's not only a point getter, but he's a goal getter, and he gets a lot of assists. He's really fast, really quick, and you always see him trying new things, like maybe maybe an air gate type of goal or a sidearm shot or an over the, you know, behind the back, over the shoulder. He's always trying something new. And it usually seems to work. So Kyle Buchanan still experimenting with his shot. He's looking good. Count on him to have a big night. Yeah, as soon as Kyle sees on the floor, he doesn't. He sets a place. He, you know, bad for the loose ball. And again, now guys also stepped up a lot for the boys in orange and black at number ninety-one. He um the last remaining four games to play, and tonight will be. A true test of this team, how his is I I apologize, we can't yep. Okay, so we just lost Tony. His data is absolute garbage right now in his car. That's beyond my control right there, but you know, we apologize. I, I don't know if he's gonna come back in, but yeah, like he was saying, Kyle Buchanan is one of those players that, you know, he's he's definitely one of those guys that is a go-getter. He he can score a lot of goals, and when he's when he's hot, he stays hot. And it looks like Tony rejoined us. I don't know what his situation is with his data. I mean, he's in his car right now. I think he's driving back from Philadelphia. But, um, you know, T-Mobile. What what else you got to say? But uh, yeah, he's still here. I just I, I just can't hear him. Um, I think what helps Tony is you should probably turn your, turn your camera off, see if that helps. And then we can just get your audio because your data is going all over the place and you know, the, the, the fans can't hear you, bro. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, I think he's definitely one of those players. Uh, I think he's trying to reconnect. Let's see. But yeah, Kyle Buchanan is definitely one of those key players to watch and, when he stays hot, dude, he's he's on a roll, and it's 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 hard to put him out. Especially, I think ever since that Albany Firewolves game, where he came in and scored scored that overtime goal, it's just been smooth sailing since then. And Kyle Buchanan's really established himself as a lead part of this Bandits team. He had a decent start to the year too, um, but I think this really solidified his his spot after that after that Albany overtime goal. So, you know, count for him to have a big night. And he's still he's still trying to reconnect. So, uh, you know, I think what we can do is we can always – I think he's trying to – let's see here. Hold on. Just bear with us here. Oh, Jesus. 
Oh, wait, I think we got you now. Say something else. Can you hear me now? Yep, yep, we got you. Okay, okay good. Yeah, so... Right, sorry about that, guys. I apologize, folks. Nope, no, you're good. Yep, are you... It says that you're muted, but I know you're not, so... I don't know, this is... We're, we're, we're just trying this out, folks. How about now? Can you hear me pretty good? Yeah, I, we we can hear you. It's just it's just can a little. It, it's just cutting in and out. Yeah, say something else. Yeah, this is it. I got, hopefully this works. I mean, I am sorry if this is like not like working. Nope, no, nope, we got you now. Yeah, we got you loud and clear. I you were saying something about Kyle Buchanan, um, before before you cut in and out. Uh, what were you saying? I was I pretty much just went on a tangent saying like he has definitely established his part on the team. Yeah, and I basically just said uh, his game style with his speed, his accuracy, and his uh, playmaking capabilities are going to be the key factors for him to keep on this trend with his scoring uh, scoring at will and, you know, contributing to the team. Yeah, absolute beauty. And I think uh, final key player to watch, similar to a guy like Kyle Buchanan, he's, he's on fire. You know, he was on fire on Thursday. He's going to be on fire tonight, and that's Mr. Number 95, Chase Frazier. Yeah, Chase is one of those guys who have been on lockdown mode uh, for scoring goals at will and for uh, making plays happen the last few games, and I don't think that's going to slow down at all. I think that's going to bring his A game up to par now. And he just cut out again. I'm, I, I really apologize, guys. Uh you know, we're just we're we're just trying to make this thing happen. We're we're trying to crank out some some content, but uh, yeah, it's Zoom. We're doing this over the Zoom platform, and it's just we're we're trying. We're I I'm telling you right now that we're trying, but uh, yeah, he's definitely one of our key players to watch. I think we can wrap this up because technology is being a total bitch right now. So let's go with our score predictions. If Tony can even hear me right now. Um, I can tell you guys right now it's 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 real frustrating because we're trying to create content for you guys and technology and stuff just doesn't really want to work. So and the fact that the bandits have four games in eight days, we're just trying to crank out this content for you. Um, but it's it's technology that's driving us off the wall. So let's let's go with our let's go with our score predictions for tonight. Um, I'm not sure if Tony can even hear me. If you can just say something. Um but I'm going to go yeah, with, good. yep. Okay. We got you. I, I was telling the people, Tony, that we're just, we're probably just going to do our score predictions now because technology doesn't want to, doesn't want to work with us. So who, yeah. what do you have? What do you have for a score tonight? Do you have the bandits going 14 and one? I have uh, the bandits going 14 and one. I'm going to say 15, 13, 15, 13. Yeah. I can obviously see, see it going back and forth as well. This has been, I think it's a very like underrated rivalry. If you can even call it a rivalry between these two teams, there's, there's definitely bad blood and there's always been great games between these two teams and it's always been competitive. So I'm going to say that the Buffalo bandits win this game. They do go 14 and one and Matt Vince gets the start. I'm going to say that the bandits win this game 12 to nine. I'm going to say 12, nine and the, uh, if you guys are missing our keys to the game, we, we're probably going to put it on Facebook as well, just in case that you guys are still listening. So um, that's pretty much all we got for this um, recap slash pregame slash preview episode of the of Banditland Boulevard. 
brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Maybe not on days like to this, uh, like days like this using Zoom, but most of the time it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So on behalf of myself, Trevor Howard, and Tony Lamanca, a.k.a. Boxhead98TL, signing off for now, and as always, let's Let's go, go Bandits. Bandits, let's go.